proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye, bye, bye? Question mark? <laughs> It is hot by summer. Hello and welcome to Hot by Summer, the podcast that's your one-stop shop for everything by with your host, Charmy. That's me. Everything from by news, by TV shows and films, by awakenings, and so much more. Okay, let's get into it. So we're going to start off with our hot buy news in a segment I like to call, Why is Nobody Talking About This? Okay, to start things off, let's talk about Susan Sarandon, quote unquote, coming out. Okay, first of all, I love how headlines are really running with this story. But then if you like watch the interview, you're like, huh? So Susan Sarandon was on the Jimmy Fallon show, by the way, my favorite of the Jimmy's. Um, she was on the Jimmy Fallon show. And she said, I'm bi where animals are concerned. She was talking about how she likes dogs and cats. So why are you lying to us? Why are you queer baiting us? Why? 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 Honestly, I don't even blame her. I blame the headlines that really ran with this story. They really ran with this story. They're like, she's, she came out. She came out saying that she likes two different types of animals. That's it. That's all. That's the story. That's that's beginning, middle, and end. So, yeah, Susan Tarandon, quote, unquote, came out. She didn't come out. She just said she likes dogs and cats. Anyways, I think that just shows how thirsty I personally am for every celebrity to come out as bi. They don't owe it to us, but I always like it when they're like, hey, I'm bi. Um, so moving on to probably the biggest talk of the town, which is the teaser for The Little Mermaid trailer starring Hallie Bailey came out. And the teaser itself is iconic. It's amazing. It's Hallie in her prime. Like she's so beautiful and seeing her dreads and then being red and like it was good. And it very much was a teaser. It was not a trailer. It was very much a teaser, right? But the thing that really got me literally sobbing under the covers in my bed was the reaction from other little girls just being like, she's brown like me. I'm sorry. I lost it. I lost it. When I saw these, all these little girls seeing this trailer, I lost it because I just... You don't even realize that representation matters. I was recently watching an interview with Quinta Brunson, and it was for Vanity Fair. And we'll get to Quinta. We're going to get to Quinta. But she was basically like, representation doesn't get teachers more money, which let's unpack that in a hot second. But representation does matter. And you don't even realize how much it matters. Like, I remember watching, like, Little Mermaid and being like, okay, I have to fit the mold of whatever this white character is. Constantly having to, like, train your imagination to see yourself through the eyes of whatever character. Like, whether it was, like, a white lead, a white male lead, a, you know, somebody that just was not who you are, but the world would tell you. is like, that's the norm. So you'd have to kind of, like, warp your imagination to these characters especially when it was like disney characters and they were always white leads and the fact that like three-year-olds are watching this and can get representation in a way that will impact them for the rest of their lives is to me the most groundbreaking and beautiful thing hallie is an aries 
I know this because I love Hallie and I love her sister Chloe. They're both an iconic duo together, separate. They really are the moment. I know that Hallie is somewhere crying looking at these reactions. Like I know she's somewhere like just the airy sob of her just being like, this is amazing. So I'm just really proud to be black. That just made me so proud to be black. And it also like made me think about my, my childhood and I just feel like the Little Mermaid being black is like a hug to my childhood. And just like the the little notes of Hallie just like singing was, it was just iconic. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, moving on to our next topic. I think sometimes when you live in a coastal city, you don't realize that there are other states that are affected by legislation. And I saw this and I was like, this is so messed up. And I'm going to put um, resources in my show notes, but I wanted to address this because trans and intersex people in Montana are now banned from changing birth certificates. So from this article from them, I'm going to link that in the show notes, they said they have gone against the advice of physical and mental health experts, teachers, parents, and affected community members, Rager told the Free Press. Montanans made their will clear in the public comment process, and the justification the GN. Gianna Forti administration, I'm assuming that's the some sort of governmental power in Mo- Montana, has given for flying in the face of that will most generously be described as gaslighting and misleading. So essentially, in Montana, they are not allowing people to change their birth certificate based on how they identify, which is really messed up and awful. And I'm going to link some resources in the show notes because, again, I'm not the girl that's going to literally sit here and be like, this is happening. This is happening. Let's just talk about it and let's do it. We're not stewing in it. We're taking action. And I think when we live in coastal cities, we meaning me, I live in a city on a coast where it's very blue and it's very progressive-ish and the white people here are annoying, but they're not unbearable. And I realize that other people in other towns and other cities and other states have a lot more, I mean, to be frank, really shitty legislation um, that's in place and affects people's everyday life. So I'm going to link some really great things in the show notes, ways that you can actually help Montanans to fight this really awful thing that's happening in their state. So moving on, it was Emmys this week. This week were the Emmys, which I don't really pay too close attention to the Emmys. I mean, I do love the Emmys and I live in LA and I love TV and I think the Emmys are important, but sometimes they're just so boring and so white and I'm like, oh, succession. Great. Nominated. Nominated again. Fantastic. Like, I don't care about these white shows. But this year, I don't know. They must have... There's just really great content out there and I'm so happy that the people that are being recognized are actually like diverse (laughs) because this has been happening forever right like tv has always been at the crux of really great things are always queer people of color like every single time um it's just when the academy decides to recognize them but this year they did and i was like okay cool so you you already know i love 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 abbott elementary i think that show If you are looking for an escape uh, with groundedness, with 
love and with such funny humor. Like it's a renaissance of like that office TV show type of um, taste. Like if you have that like comedy uh, sitcom taste in your mouth that the office left, but you want something just so pure and beautiful, watch Abbott Elementary. It's just, it's so good. So Quinta Brunson, who is the showrunner, writer, creator of the TV show Abbott Elementary, who, by the way, is also a Sagittarius, won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series. Um, So making her only the second black woman to win. So she's the second black woman to win um, in comedy writing. The other person that won, the first person that won is Lena Waithe, which is like wild to think about. In 2017, Lena Waithe was writing for Master of None and that Thanksgiving episode got nominated and she won. Um, If you have not seen the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None, go do yourself a favor, go watch it. It's a really iconic episode that at the time when I watched it, I didn't realize was going to be so pungent and real in my own life. And then... Years later, I came out, all these things happened, and the Thanksgiving episode is very much real. I mean, watch it and we'll talk about it. It's just so good. It's so good. But anyways, Abbott Elementary, Quinta Brunson is so weeping. Um, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is also on Abbott Elementary, was also nominated for an Emmy in the category of comedy uh and she is the second black woman to score an emmy so she won after jack a harry who is the mom from sister sister so Cheryl lee ralph i know her as the stepmom from alicia the kind of like straight edge like very like guardian like yes like black mom on tv sitcom like i know her as that as that uh, as that force and so it's just really exciting to see that she i didn't know that she didn't even win an emmy before like i think that's so strange and so odd because she's been in the industry for literal decades and she's an icon like she will forever be moesha's stepmom forever be moesha's stepmom in my head and she's an icon. She's a legend. She is the moment. Now, come on now. <laughs> um, she's also a Capricorn. So she's a hardworking baddie. Um, we already know this to be true. We already know this to be true. But it's just very exciting to see black women really winning. Also, another black woman who won is Zendaya, the love of my life. <sighs> Let's take a moment for Zendaya. God damn she's so goddamn sexy okay so let's take a moment for Zendaya. the moment has passed so zendaya won two emmys for acting so she snagged a trophy for outstanding lead in a drama series um last monday um but she previously won for playing the same role in euphoria rue bennett the thing that i really loved about this particular speech that she said is this really touched me Okay, because if you have an addict in your family or if you are dealing with addiction, you know that Rue was 
was given so much care. So she says, I want you to know that anyone who has loved a Rue or feels like they are a Rue, I want you to know that I am so grateful for your stories and I carry them with me and I carry them with her. That really spoke to me because I think a lot of people have addicts in their family. A, a lot of people have dealt with addiction. A lot of people have addiction is a huge epidemic in our country. And I don't think people understand the severity of it until it's like on TV, until it's like in front of your face. And the way Zendaya plays Rue as this very 3D character, like, I think a lot of times we're told when it comes to addicts or people who are dealing with addiction that we just throw them away. Throw them away. They're disposable. But it's like it's a human being. It's somebody's daughter. It's somebody's mom. It's somebody's sister. It's somebody's wife. It's somebody's brother. It's somebody's uncle. It's it's somebody at the end of the day. And so for her to say that, it just touched me. And also, I love Zendaya. So shout out Zendaya. So on to the next segment which is hot by astro tea the tea is hot so if you're feeling really woozy from the ride of life let me tell you strap in strap in and get strapped (laughs) because there are about five planets in retrograde right now and a lot of them have already been in retrograde like throughout the summer all of these planets have been going into retrograde But now we're feeling all of them. And so if you're feeling woozy or gray or weird or like, oh, my God, what's happening? Just know that we have not only Mercury retrograde, which we already know, blah, 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 Mercury retrograde, light work. We also have Jupiter retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Uranus retrograde, and Neptune retrograde. (sighs) There's a lot going on astrologically, right? A lot going on. I would say that we are we're on for a ride. We are on for the ride. And Mercury retrograde ends October 2nd during Libra season. That's very exciting. But we're in it. We are in the crux. We are in we are in it deep, okay? There's a lot going on astrologically and that's okay. We're just going to strap in and have a good time while we can, okay? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And maybe it's not going to be okay, but that's okay too. (laughs) It's all going to be fine. So lots of wild and wacky, crazy and fun astrological things happening. On September 23rd, Mercury enters Virgo and Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So at least on the 23rd, we have to look forward to at least being able to talk and say it how we feel. Right? 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 Question mark. Then on the 25th of September, we have a new moon in Libra. I love a good Libra situation happening, right? We've got that new moon, which is so exciting. And then on the 29th, Venus enters Libra, which I also find to be very exciting because, but Venus particularly in Libra, it's like that permission slip to just fall head over heels and don't care about the consequences. And I just love that for us. There's a lot of good things happening. And also, if anybody ever tries to scare you, this is a really good point. If anybody ever tries to scare you about some astrological placement that's happening in the ether or astrological placement that you personally have, run. If somebody is ever using fear as a way to get you to pay them money or fear as a way to get you to 
be scared and click on their videos, you need to run. That's not astrology. That is fear-based capitalism astrology cesspool and you need to run. That's not that's not how we use astrology. Not around these parts. Not around these hot by summer parts. We do not do that around here. It's weird and it's strange. And if people are like, oh my God, like this is going to happen. The fear mongering has got to stop. Mercury retrograde happens multiple times a year. It happens sometimes when you don't even know it's happening. So guess what? It's going to be okay. Like, yes, we're on for a ride. We're in for a ride. We're in for a treat. But also I had an astrologer say once, and I really love this. They were like, oh, something in your chart that has conflict is not necessarily bad because have you ever seen a good movie? A good movie has conflict, right? If it wasn't for that conflict, you wouldn't have the beauty of fighting through whatever that conflict is to get what you need at the end of the day. So if anybody ever tries to use fear mongering or, oh my God, this, this, thing, this thing that's happening in your chart is really weird or, oh my God, that's bad. No. There's no such thing as bad in your chart. That's like saying like you um, having brown eyes is bad. Huh? What's going on with that? What's, what's, what's going on with that? I don't like that. So no, we're not going to do that. Not around these parts. Mercury retrograde is here. Use this as a time to reflect, sit back, rest, figure out what you want, what you need. That's all. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. <laughs> So now we're going to head into buy recommendations. So a TV show that I started watching and I was fearful. I was very fearful going into it, but I was surprised. I watched League of Their Own. Now, y'all, when I see too many white people on a poster, I do get freaked out. There were way too many white people on that dang poster. And I was like, where's the melanin? And I saw that there was one character, there was like, a couple characters in there that were black. But typically when the poster is that white, it's like a very whitewashed story. So I was like, "Mm -mm." I think we've come far enough along in TV that I don't need to sit through all these white stories to like rack my brain around seeing through the eyes of these white characters, right? I think we've come far enough along. I can just watch another TV show, right? And I think that's the fear of Hollywood is like, oh, there's all this stuff. And if you're not diversifying your stories, I'm just going to I'm gonna check out and watch something else, which I think is like so exciting that we're getting to that point. But this show is so, so good. I was surprised. I was surprised. I was so surprised, particularly the relationship between Maxine and Clance. Is amazing. So, A League of Their Own is a TV show based on the movie with the same name title. And I remember Madonna was in that TV show. And that's when I was a kid. I watched it when I was a kid and I watched it and I was like, oh, Madonna is from London and she put on a really good American accent. Tell me why this Leo is from Detroit. <laughs> One thing about a Leo, they will convince you because they have convinced themselves. Anyways, I remember watching that movie and being like, this is so great. This is so fantastic. And then watching the TV show, it was the characters were so fleshed out. I mean, Maxine and Clance, just their relationship was incredible. Maxine's queerness, the way we see that and understand that is in a way that is so beautiful. I cannot recommend this show enough. It is so 
so incredible. It is so good. They're so funny. It's so black. It is so freaking black. They must have said, hmm, maybe we should get black writers to write for black characters. It was just so good, y'all. Like, I cannot express to you how good it was. Um, So, yeah, A League of Their Own is my film recommendation, my buy recommendation of the week. Highly, highly recommend you watch it. I also recommend that you find something that brings you by joy. A little bit of by joy, you know, just something small. Even if I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, it's the tiny things that really count. And honestly, this week I went to see Kehlani at the YouTube theater in LA and it was amazing. Like I made a shirt out of a meme that I made randomly about Kehlani um, because she's always talking about eating ass, always, <laughs> always talking about eating ass. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to put that on my shirt. Um and had my like buy clips in and it was just really iconic. It was like so such a small thing, but it was so big because I've been through so much and I feel like Kilani has grown in, into their queerness. I've grown into my queerness and we've just kind of been on this journey together, even though they have no idea that I exist. But that's okay. They know I exist. They know I exist. But they don't, but they do, but they don't. Um, so yeah, little small acts of by joy is so amazing. Um it really, really makes all the difference. So with that, we're going to move on to by mail and we have a listener question. So our listener question is, I've been out for a year now and I feel like I'm hitting a wall when it comes to dating. I go out on dates with other queer people and it goes great, but then they either ghost me or I ghost them. I just feel really rejected as a person of color jumping into queer dating. What can I do to feel a bit more secure? I often think about the fact that if I were white and skinny, dating would be easier. I just feel like everyone has this magical secret to queer dating and no one has told me yet. What should I do? Big question. Huge question. Giant question. Well, first of all, one of the things that I find in um, asking something like this is, first of all, You are correct. We live in a world that is so messed up and has all the isms that you feeling rejected in the queer world is not a mistake. Like that is very much real and that's very much what is happening. You're not crazy. You're not overthinking it. You're not whatever because people will tell you, well, you just need to love yourself. And the moment you love yourself is when everything is going to fall into place. The moment that you really find yourself attractive, the moment where you go on this journey with yourself is the moment you'll find love. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that during this single moment in my life, I would have racks on racks on racks. I would be able to make it rain at a strip club. Honestly, with that very bland and weird advice that people give to you because they're not taking into consideration the context. The context is that you, like I, am a person of color dating in a world where white women are celebrated. White femmes are really the poster child for queerness. Actually, to be fair, gay men are the poster child. Gay white men particularly are the poster child for queerness. And everything outside of that including black queerness 
is not celebrated. So my advice to you would be to celebrate your queerness in a small way that's meaningful to you. Whatever that means for you, whatever that looks like for you, celebrate that. Because your queerness is so beautiful and so valuable. And it kind of doesn't matter if other people value that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if other people, particularly white people, I've had to really get away from that mindset, celebrate that with you. You can celebrate that on your own. Just like when I went to the Kehlani concert, I didn't go to the Kehlani concert for anything other than to celebrate my own queerness and my own journey. And the last time I saw them was like four years ago. And I thought I was straight at that time. And I thought so many things that really just patriarchy, capitalism, all the things that I had to unlearn and undo. Kehlani was kind of the catalyst for that. But celebrate your queerness in small ways that are meaningful to you because that's really what really what counts. Also, most things that happen in the dating world have very little to do with you. So don't take any of that stuff personally, okay? For example, now this is a this is a wild example, okay? Because this happened to me the other motherfucking day. So, I'm scrolling on my dating apps which I tend to have one day and delete the next day. But this was a day that I had the app. Had this app. And I was like, cool. But matched with this very hot person. Actually, I won't even give them that. They were hot. We'll, we'll take out the very. My Leo Moon's doing a little too much now, romanticizing this person that I don't know. They were hot, whatever. We were talking about astrology. And I think I have something in my bio about like, let's talk about our sun signs and drink matcha. Because that's where I mean, right? I want something that represents who I am. I like talking about sometimes. We don't need to, but like I like it. This person and I are talking a little bit back and forth. Then they go, oh, like they told me they were a Capricorn. I was like, okay, I do love a good Capricorn. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is great. And then I say, well, if you ever want to talk about, because we were talking about sun signs. I was like, if you ever want to talk about sun signs outside of this, let me know. And they were like, actually, I can't talk about sun. I don't think I can hold a whole conversation about sun signs. And I'm busy every day working, Capricorn. I'm busy every day working until I go out of town next week. So, and then I looked back on the app and they unmatched with me. Tears of queer sadness rolled down my eyes. I'm just kidding. I didn't, I was like, I was like, huh. And that was a moment where I was just like, wow, I could take this personally and be like, wow, this person thought I was ugly or this person thought I was stupid because I was talking about astrology or oh, this person, da, da, da. this person's a Capricorn. I'm a Scorpio and I do love a good Capricorn placement. Um, and like I could have romanticized this person, all this stuff. At the end of the day, maybe this person was going through something. I don't need to take any of this personally. I really don't. I really do not need to take any of this personally. Why? Most things that happen in the dating world are really a projection of what somebody else has gone through or been through or is currently going through and has very, very little to do with you on an individual level. And that goes across the board with dating, whether it's a first date, second date, you're in a long-term relationship, most of that stuff has to do with somebody else. So why take the time out of my black day, my black beauty 
to ruminate about somebody that really has no bearing on my life. Mm, I think I'm going to choose to not take this personally. And I was like a little bit sad because I was like, when I first started using dating apps, when I first came out, I was like, okay, I've got to be perfect for people. I've got to be this. I've got to be that. But it's like, no, you don't. You just have to be you. And if somebody doesn't like it, okay. Is that is that a reason for me to take it personally? No. I also like that this part of this question says, I just feel like everyone has this magical secret to queer dating and no one has told me yet. I feel that so deeply and powerfully and palpably in my soul. I cannot even tell you. I feel this. I feel you on this. I think that queer dating feels like there is some secret to it because we live in a patriarchal society. We live in a heteronormative society where there is a template for the way in which cis men and cis women should interact with one another. And when you do not file, fall under those binaries, you are like, what's happening? <laughs> what What's the rules? What are the rule books? And while I'm sure there are some rules within queer dating that make sense to somebody somewhere, for the most part, it's lawless. It's a lawless land. And it's really up to you to figure out what you want. And I would say, have fun. Honestly, do some exploring. Try to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Like we talked about before when it came to astrology and conflicts in your chart. Conflict and understanding conflict and understanding what works and doesn't work is going to bring you to be a better dater. You know, I was at the Kehlani concert and I was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, like I have really made it really far in my queer journey, but I also didn't need somebody to be here with me. I didn't need to be dating somebody to get this far. And I thought about the magic within being queer, within being single, within this idea that like, I don't need somebody to complete me. And not in like a cheesy, like, I don't need anybody. I'm blah, 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 blah. That is, that's a whole other thing. No. I was really just celebrating that queerness means outside of the quote unquote norm, whether that's the hetero norm, whatever. And outside of the norm is celebrating self and celebrating singlehood. And there's some really great beauty in celebrating singlehood. There's some really great beauty in being like, I'm single. And it's not that I don't need other people because I do. Like I have my, my, my group, my people who I love, who bring me so much joy and happiness. I don't need – like I, I love my community. Community is important. It's not about that. It's about this idea that you need a relationship with another person, whether you're queer or straight – in order to be valid or in order to be seen as loved. And I'm personally trying to undo that myself. So I don't have all the answers to what that means in a bigger grand scale. But I do know that there is magic in queerness and there is magic, extraordinary magic in being single. And 
people will try to downplay that and be like, well, I need a relationship or I need this or I need that or I need to constantly be dating. But I've tried to decenter dating in my life, decenter this idea that you need to be constantly with somebody. Uh, because, you know, for most of the time that I live in Los Angeles, I was in a relationship with somebody. Um, for most of my time in LA, I was dating somebody monogamously. In that, I learned a lot. But also in that, I felt this emptiness because I was trying to fill the void of my loneliness with other people. That's what I thought was the, the antidote to my loneliness was, was another person romantically. But the truth is that the antidote for me personally was community with other people and decentering dating. And yes, that would be the cherry on top. That would be the icing on the cake. That would be great to have a relationship with somebody. Yeah, sure. Love having a relationship. Love it when somebody feels on my booty, loves it. Love having consistent good sex. I love that stuff. But decentering that has really been such a magical thing for me. So for this person that is entering the dating pool and feeling lost, the pool has duty in it. The pool is has pee in it. The pool is so gross and so grody, especially if you live in a coastal city, especially LA with the, the sharks and the narcissists swimming around trying to use people for whatever reason. The pool is gross. Throw the pool water out. Get away from the pool. Go to the beach. How would you treat somebody else if you were dating them, right? I decided one day to, because I was mentally ill, and by was, I mean currently am mentally ill, um, and I was dealing with a lot of, like, depressive thoughts, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and take a little walk, and I'm going to take a little, like, walk to the top of Griffith Observatory and, like, really just settle myself and feel a little bit better about myself. And I was like, I need to do this in a way that feels special. I was like, I don't need to bring anything. And I was like, no. I, so I brought my coloring book. I brought all the things that I would bring on a date. But I did it for me. And there's something so meaningful about doing a little something to celebrate yourself and to celebrate your queerness uh, for you. So highly recommend you celebrate your queerness in small ways, but also decenter dating as the one end all be all for what relationships need to or have to be or what queerness needs to or has to be. Really tap into who you are, what you want, and um, you don't need another person for that. You really don't. So with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Hot by Summer. If you would like to ask a question, please send your questions to hotbysummer at gmail.com. Thank you so much for stopping by. Bye.